UMass just dropped both games of a home-and-home -home series to number 13 UConn, one of them in OT, but there were a lot of promising things to take away from it. We're going to recap this entire series and tell you what went right and what went wrong. Let's go. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 71 of High Character. UMass dropped both games of a home-and-home -home to UConn, the second one being at their, their brand-new arena on campus. Uh, normally, we'd be pretty down after a sweep. I feel like there was a lot of positive things to take away from this weekend, um, a couple bad things. We had a lot of injuries, so um, tough on that front, but definitely some things to build off of going later into this season. My name is Cameron. I am joined by my good buddy, Evan. Evan, how's it going, man? I don't know. A little bit of pain. I mean, there definitely was some some good things to look forward to. I mean, we'll talk about the first game, which was definitely the highlight of the two. Um, first game went really, really well. It definitely there were some some very, very encouraging signs. We were looking very solid at points. Um, and the second game kind of weren't looking as good. Kind of dropped the ball a little bit. Got out class. So I mean, if if we can play like we could that first game, every game going forward. I mean, we could make some noise, but if we play like that second game and we just kind of get dominated the whole time, it's going to be a long rest of the season. So really curious to see what type of UMass team we see going forward. Yeah, and it was a much different brand of hockey, at least uh, in this first game, pretty much for the whole first game than we've seen all season uh, after the Denver and Union series. UMass came out with a lot of fire, um, a lot of speed, a lot of aggression, just uh, looked like a different hockey team. We'll get into it a little bit, but... Um, that was definitely exciting. Some uh, some things of note before this first game, uh, kind of a weird lineup. We saw Henry Graham in that again, which uh, we kind of predicted going into this uh, first game of the series. Uh, totally deserved. He kind of won that spot after um, another solid outing last time out there. Uh, Aaron Bollinger still out with a concussion. Um, we don't know what the timetable is on him, but we really need him back uh, to kind of strengthen up that D core. Um, and surprisingly, no Cal Keith. We didn't hear anything about an injury and he played in the second game. So we have to assume that that was an injury, but, um, but definitely a little bit weird that he wasn't out there for this game. And then one final thing, um, Eric Faith, the captain who's uh, played significant minutes as a center this season was the extra skater. So, um, and this is the, the game after he was pulled on as the, uh, like the extra sixth man for the goalie being pulled. So definitely a, a weird spot that faith is in on uh, he gets hurt in the second game. We'll talk about that more later, but some big, big lineup shakeups for this series. Yeah. I mean, it was kind of needed after the UNH game, you know, we didn't really put our best foot forward in that game. You know, it was a really unfortunate kind of frustrating game to watch. So, I mean, obviously if you're, if you're a coach, that's kind of, you know, worth your salt, you know what I mean? You got to be able to, you know, shake things up, make some changes, try and spark a difference in the lineup. I mean, pat myself on the back for the Henry Grimm uh, mm -hmm. start. I feel like that was, that was a pretty good prediction. Um, and yeah, I mean, I wasn't very, you know, upset with the lines that were thrown out there. I thought the changes that were there were, you know, I think needed, they were justified. So I had no complaints with uh, whatever he was throwing out there in that first game. I thought it was uh, pretty solid. Yeah, it was. And the guys came out absolutely on fire. Um, after this period, Evan and I were discussing and we both believed it was, uh, probably the best played period that UMass has had since that Denver series, which was really cool to watch. 
Um, like I said, the guys skating hard with a purpose. Um, the effort levels were way higher than we've seen um, all season. And it lasted pretty much the whole, the whole period. Kind of one of those uh, UMass didn't really get what they deserved in this period. Um, not able to find the net for a while. Uh, and then about four minutes left in the period, we see Hudson Shandor for UConn. He just cleans up a rebound, greasy opportunity to make it one nothing UConn. But uh, that was, I believe, like their second or third shot of the game. So UMass was still really dominating at that point. Yeah, we were out shooting the hell out of them. We were everywhere all over the ice. I mean, intercepting pucks in the neutral zone, just playing with a ton of speed. Um, goal against was really unfortunate. It kind of seemed like it was totally against the run of play. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of one of those, like, you know, you get what you deserve type things. We did not deserve that at all, in my opinion. We were just all over UConn in that period. Um, so really, really crappy way to kind of, you know, I think it was pretty, you know, late into the period when it happened. So, I mean, just knowing that we were, in my opinion, just completely outplaying them and have that go against us really sucked. Like everybody was stepping it up all over the ice, a lot of energy. People were hitting each other. Like there was just a lot of really, really solid skating and back checking. Like shout out to Scott Morrow. Like he, I was roasting his ass most of the season. I think justifiably so for his, you know, just lack of skating, lack of speed. You know, sometimes the effort didn't look like it was there. He threw that 180 degrees and said, screw it. I'm going to go ham this game. And he did super, super happy. Like he genuinely looked like a guy that should have been in contention for the Hobie Baker. If he played like that every game, he, he'd be doing some insane stuff. You know what I mean? So he, he had a fire under him. I think most of the boys did, you know, there must've been some sort of pregame talk in the, in the locker room by Carvey to really get under everybody's skin and get them fired up because we were playing insane up until this point. And that goal against really sucked. Yeah, and, and like you said, Moro definitely shifted into another gear for this game, and it paid off. Uh, just about a minute later, we see Scott Moro skating around the blue line like he does with the puck, fires a wicked wrister, and, and he scores, makes it 1-1, um, and really good to see the, the immediate claw back from UMass here. Yeah, it's kind of funny because I saw like a follow-up tweet after the goal was announced on Twitter saying that was actually like a Ryan Sullivan tip. And looking at the replay right now, it kind of does look like that way. Like Sullivan, like put his hand up in the air. So they put it on the box score as an act, as a, as a Scott Morrow goal, but I'm not sure they might end up reverting it again because they apparently, according to the UMass Twitter, like reverted it once already. So I'm not sure whose goal it actually was, but they're giving it to Scott Morrow on the box score. And that's good enough for me. Um, Just a simple little wrister from the point, you know what I mean? That's all you need sometimes when there's traffic in front and, that he he needed that goal you know what I mean like that was his first goal in quite a while a lot of people you know like on you know I was checking Twitter throughout the game and some of the UConn guys were saying it was kind of a soft goal by the UConn goalie I don't think so because it could have taken a tip it could there was a bunch of things that could have happened there but yeah it was just a smart smart restaurant net by by Morrow and snuck in very happy with it yeah for sure and this period ends one to one but that doesn't tell the story UMass is absolutely dominant they won the shot total 15 to four which if you've listened to us at all this season, you know how crazy that is. UMass gives up almost 40 shots a game, uh, and they only gave up four in this first period. So really promising stuff right there. Um, But the one kind of bugaboo for UMass this year is not being able to string together um, a full game of good periods like this. So they have have flashes like this, but can't string it together. But I feel like in this game, they kind of did. They started the second, and it kind of the same brand of hockey. Um, kind of dominating the possession, getting a lot of shots and a lot of really good chances. Um, and yet again, it doesn't doesn't quite pay off for a while. Um, definitely the puck luck not on UMass's side in this game. And we see that 
uh, about 13 and a half minutes into this period as well. Another uh, little rebound off the pads of Graham goes off to the, um, the side on still on the goal line. And um, Jake Percival kind of puts home an impossible angle shot and makes it two to one UConn still totally against the, the game action. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of been one of the things about, about Graham is like his rebound control has been a bit suspect at times. Like if they just get bodies to the front of the net, they're going to get second chance opportunities. And that was kind of what happened. Like we, I've kind of been talking about, you know, just from the eye test on Henry Graham, you know, maybe not the most athletic goalie of all time. Maybe sometimes getting post to post can be a bit of a challenge, especially if he's trying to do it quickly. That kind of showed itself on this play, like really solid first save goes off his right pad, but just he wasn't able to to cover up the post in time, really. You know, I it's it's tough for most goalies to be able to make that play. That's an insanely athletic play. But I mean, yeah, it just kind of bit him in the ass on that play, which was really unfortunate. But um, yeah, I I really I don't blame anybody in particular on this goal. You just kind of have to be better around the net front to clear out loose pucks and cover your post. I mean, I feel like that's equally on the goalie and the defense on this. And I'm just really happy that we were able to respond back right after this. Yeah, and UConn actually did take this lead into the locker room two to one. Um, so UMass needed to fight their way back, but pretty quickly in the third, we see a very similar opportunity. Noah Ellis has the puck at the blue line and uh, takes a shot in. Uh, Mercury cleans up a nice rebound in front and ties the game. Um, and he he played really well. It was good to see him get on the board in this one too. Yeah, that was huge for Mercury. I mean, really really happy with how he was playing just overall because. I'm pretty sure the weekend before he was the extra skater, like he kind of got benched a little bit or it might've been the, the game before that. But recently he was demoted to the extra skater role and kind of deserved. He wasn't really doing a whole lot in the games leading up until that demotion. So yeah, for him to bounce back like that, it was huge. I think he looked really, really solid the whole game. Granted the whole team looked really solid. You know, I wouldn't really say he jumped out the page, you know, as being exceptionally good compared to everybody else, but just because the whole team was playing so well, you know, it kind of gave him a boost as well. And Noah Ellis on the play was insane with the skating. Like, I don't think I've really seen Noah Ellis like beat, you know, the guy that's covering him like in the, in the ozone like that. He's not really one to make any sort of shifty moves, but just his skating was super good. And that allowed him to kind of just have an open shot on net and Mercury cleaned up the rebound. And I really like the Selly by Mercury on that one too. It was kind of a weird little, like, I don't know what he was doing with his wrist. He was kind of just like doing like a one knee, like limp wristed sort of thing. I don't know what that was, but I really like it. I thought it was a cool selly. So it was super, super cool play. And we really needed that to tie the game up right there. Yeah. Another, another instance of this team clawing their way back, which was good to see one note about this game. Um, up until that point, there had been no penalties called mm-hmm. whatsoever. Um, the game did get a little chippy at times, but the refs kept the whistles in their pocket. There were no penalties. And then about halfway through the third, we see uh, quite a lot of penalties start to pop up with the game tied. So um, there were three UConn penalties within a span of six minutes, um, one at 8:19, 11:57, and 14:06, um, And that really helped UMass out, obviously, with their solid power play. And on those power plays, UMass absolutely peppering the UConn goalie up until um, Ryan Ufko shot from the point, takes a nice juicy rebound to Scott Morrow, who cleans it up for – uh, at the time, what was the second of the game? We're not sure if it's uh, his only yeah. goal or his second one of the game, but um, right place, right time for Morrow. Power play was absolutely clicking, and just everything about that was awesome to see. Yeah, we want to talk about impossible angle. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think it gets any more impossible than that. Like, that was a tight angle. He, he hit that from what a Twitter person, Heat Daddy, would call the rock star zone. Like, just 
absolutely like close to the goal line, like almost no angle for him to shoot at whatsoever. The goalie's leaning over to his side, like trying to glove save it and just completely misses it. Um, everybody was buzzing at this point. Like that was huge. You know what I mean? Like being able to capitalize on the power play. That was just an awesome, an awesome look for the team. Just, you know, being able to take the lead against, you know, ranked UConn. We were like, Oh crap. You know what I mean? Like, this is it. Like we're, we're doing it right now. Everything's looking good. And it was almost kind of like a, at least for me, like a sigh of relief, like finally a lead, you know what I mean? Like we, mm. we've been out playing them, out shooting them, doing the most the whole game. And it finally culminated into a lead. But uh, as we'll get into, it's good, good things can't last forever, unfortunately. Yeah. And, and UMass's clean penalty leisure um, finally comes undone. We see Lucas Mercury get a high stick. Um, immediately on that power play, UConn, some really good passing in their zone. We we previewed it in our preview episode that they have been really awful on the power play this year. They're down close to 14%. But, of course, um, right when we get the lead, they're passing it around. They get another juicy rebound off of Patsy Graham. Um, Hudson Shandor, the guy that scored the first goal for them, is there, right there on the doorstep to clean it up, and he ties the game with a little over three minutes left. Those rebounds, once again, man, like, it, it's really unfortunate. Like, again, I don't really, like, that's the exact play that they're trying to, you know, play for. You know what I mean? Like, that, that you could tell that was drawn up. Like, he's shooting low pad side to try and get that guy the rebound. I mean, I'm trying to see who it was out front that's supposed to be covering up that rebound. Like, it looks like McDermott just kind of is covering the guy out front, but he just can't get the proper body position to try and, like, sweep the puck away, and the other guy just gets to it first. It like perfectly it, went to his stick yeah too. exactly like it just it it's one of those plays where it's like it just seemed like we couldn't get the bounces you know what I mean like we were out playing them and like you know like the effort was there and the boys were buzzing and everything was going well but it was just they just had three good moments up until this point you know and they capitalized like I don't really think we didn't give them much to work with but whatever they did have to work with they were able to capitalize on which just it really sucks you know what I mean like I don't want to blame Henry Graham too much but like it's just like, it seems like you got to be able to do a little bit better there. Like the, the one thing that I will say in Henry Graham's favor, I think a couple minutes later, he basically saves this from being a regulation loss with a nasty like stick save off like the knob of his stick. It was all like, a, it was like a two on one or whatever. So, I mean, he had some insane saves to, to keep us in it, but in the same vein, there, there was a couple of mishaps just like this. I mean, granted it is on the power play. We really can't blame anybody too much. It is a power play goal, but yeah, it's just we didn't give UConn much, and they were able to to make the most of it, which really sucks. Yeah, they did, and like you said, uh, UMass kind of survived into overtime. Uh, and this team, like we know, really has struggled in the the three on three overtime format. And we saw some really weird uh, groupings. I really like who we saw right out of the jump. I believe it was like Connors, uh, Makar, and Morrow, which was really cool. But after that. Um, the the triplet of players that was out there was really questionable to us at times. Um, obviously, the way three on three goes, some really high quality chances going each way. UMass missed the net on a couple, which really gets you angry as a fan. And then 13 seconds left, we see kind of a, a mishap in the neutral zone and Chase Bradley uh, skates in with the puck and really just snipes one home past Graham to give UConn the 4-3 win. I hate three on three overtime. I hate it. Like it gets my heart rate going in the worst types of ways. Like I fully agree with the whole, like we had some really, really solid lineups out there. And then we had some really questionable ones. Like I understand that you try and like, 
rotate your guys as much as possible because you need fresh legs because if the other team's rolling with fresh legs, you're just going to get outskated. You know what I mean? Like, I get that, but like, I don't want to call out guys specifically, but like some of the, some of the, the lineups that we had there, I just, if, if you look at the forwards that we were putting out there, it's like, these guys have like one goal in the whole season combined. It's like, what are they, what are they going to do? You know what I mean? If you throw them out on the ice when you need a goal here, like we're throwing out guys who, you know, either aren't very good at shooting. They're, they're not offensively minded or they're just not that quick skaters. You know what I mean? Like that's what you need in three on three overtime. You need speed and you need skill. We were throwing out like fourth line grinders out there. And I'm like, like, I get like, you need fresh legs. You got to be able to play defensively too. But like, we're trying to get the, we, we need, we need points here. If we're trying to compete in hockey East, we need points. And it all just got undone at the very end, which was the absolute worst. Cause like you said, we had, I think, two or three solid chances. Like, we had a couple two-on-ones going the other way that we just couldn't bury. We couldn't even put them on net. You know, it's like, ah, man. Like, we just got to put them on, like, at least force the goalie to make a save. Like, me and you, we kind of have an inside joke about shooting. You know, we, there are some players that we, we – they're notorious for shooting it right into the goalie's chest. I'd prefer that. You know what I mean? Like, at least if you put it on the goalie's chest, it can trickle through his armpit. It could go through the five-hole. Something could happen if you put it wide of the net, man, you're not even giving yourself a chance, like super frustrating. It, it really sucked the way that that ended because like Chase Bradley kind of took the shot from far away too. You know what I, well, I mean? All right. I shouldn't say that far away. It was like, what is that top of the face off dot? Basically you you'd hope that maybe Grant could get a glove on that. You know, it was a good shot. All things considered it was top corner, but I mean, uh, like, it was frustrating just knowing how, how well we played. I feel like we deserved more than what we got in that game. Yeah, I think so too. And the shot totals were 37 to 24 in favor of UMass, which is kind of unheard of for this team this year. Uh, so really tough not to get the three points out of that. Um, I guess one of the reasons for those groupings that we saw in overtime would be uh, one, uh, Webster went down. He, he took a hit to his knee, which um, he's had knee issues in the past. So that's pretty concerning going forward for the rest of the season. Then Cole O'Hara took a, um, a slap shot right off the knee thigh area. Um, and he went down hard. So both of those guys were out for the rest of the game, um, which definitely didn't help with the um, offensive production for the latter half of the third in the overtime period. Yeah. I mean, it is like at this point, like part of me wants to say like, it is what it is, but I don't know if it's like a, it's a, like a popular like Instagram or Twitter thing, but like, I don't know how many more it is, what it is. I got left in me. You know what I mean? Like it just, it just, it's, it sucks for me. Like, I think it's just because I'm so passionate and I care so much about it. Like just seeing, seeing the sort of slump just really hurts. You know what I mean? Like, and especially considering the fact that, you know, like we've been talking about so far, it's just, we, we were, we were, do, we were playing so well. Like we, like we were harping on the team for a while saying, need to be faster, need to be more, you know, more prepared, need to be harder out there on the ice. And they did that. And it's like, what more can we ask of them, you know, for this game? Like, it just didn't work out that way. You know, at this point, the wins really don't mean all that much besides just kind of like, you know, momentum and moral victories going forward, because it's not like we're going to be jumping too many spots in hockey East. Like most of those spots are kind of already obvious and they've sorted themselves out because we've already played so many games, but yeah, it's, it's just frustrating at this point, just the yeah. way that that happened. Yeah, no, it is uh, definitely a game that you wanted to get a, a win in for sure. But a quick turnaround, um, UMass the next day playing in stores, Connecticut. 
um, at the brand new Toscano Family Ice Forum for the very first time. Um, a lot has been discussed about this rink uh, and the fact that they built it way too small. We're going to have our, uh, um, our arena review coming out as the next episode. Uh, we were able to go to this game, which was cool. And we'll have a vlog from it too. It uh, won't be too long. Isn't much to see at this arena, but it is pretty nice. Um, so won't give you any, won't give you too many teasers for the arena. You'll have to listen to the arena review, but um, we're a little bit indifferent on it at the moment. And going into this game, um, some very, one of the strangest lineups that we've seen all season. Um, O'Hara and Lebster both out after getting injured in the first game. Um, we see some some wacky lines. Mikey Adamson's out there with Ryan Ufko on the second D pairing. Um, we get Luke Pavisic in there. Um, I don't think that's a, a fault against Henry Graham and how he played in the first game. Just kind of normally happens when you get these back-to-back games like this. Um, and we kind of documented Josh Nodler's um, face-off inefficiency over the last few games, uh, even though his season total is still in the positive. But he is no longer playing center. He was on the right wing for this game. So um, def- definitely some interesting stuff. Oh, and uh, Cal Kifu back in the lineup for this one. So uh, wacky lineup, one of the wackier ones we've seen all season. Yeah, the only thing that kind of really stuck out to me that I think Nathan Strauss mentioned when he posted the lines out on Twitter earlier was that Ufko was playing on his off D like hand. Like I think he's usually, you know, he was just playing on the wrong side that he normally plays on, which was a little bit weird. Um, It's kind of expected to this point. You know what I mean? Like we're kind of shorthanded in the, on the the D staff because uh we still have Alger out and we still have uh, Bollinger out mm-hmm. and um I think what was it they demoted was Owen Murray the extra skater for this one he was yeah so I mean we're still rolling seven D but just yeah I think I think both Adamson and Murray play the same side D so we just have too many guys on one side not enough on the other so you kind of have to just figure out what's going to work and that was what the coaching staff decided on so that was a little bit of a weird one but uh yeah, I mean, all of those were definitely interesting and kind of just needed with all the injuries. It just was really unfortunate considering all the injuries. Yeah, UMass weathering quite the storm at this point. Tough to to go on the road into a hostile environment against the ranked team when you have are missing that many guys. But uh, the boys weren't feeling it at first. They immediately win the opening faceoff. Uh, Ryan Lautenbach skates in with the puck and just 12 seconds into this game, snipes one home for the fastest UMass goal in uh their hockey east history which was nuts great way to start the game that's absolutely ridiculous I mean I was pretty much just putting my phone away from like writing a tweet out or something like that at that point and then I look up and see Lautenbach freaking you know skating into the zone and rips it short side top post I'm pretty sure it was like top corner and yeah I mean we absolutely erupted you know like that was awesome we were kind of in our own little you know UMass sort of corner which was awesome and everybody was really feeling it everybody was super excited at that point and unfortunately it kind of just devolved from there you know like it was definitely a great way to start it out but then afterwards we just really couldn't get too much momentum going our way yeah and uh the rest of this game I kind of had a a pretty similar theme so we don't have to go all that fast through it but UMass held strong on that one nothing lead in the first, even though uh, UConn got some really high-quality chances. Mm-hmm. They rang post a couple times. Um, and just want to point out, Luke Pavisic absolutely stood on his head, uh, not only in this period, but in this game. So um, he's really the only reason that UMass stayed in this one uh, and took a one nothing lead into the second intermission. And they kept that one nothing lead through most of the second as well. Um, ends up happening with... Four minutes left. UConn finally 
gets their first goal to tie it up. Um, I'm watching it now, kind of just weird. Uh, D-man looked like he skated right past everybody, right into the slot and just snipes one home. So um, looked like Pav was kind of left out to dry. I'm not sure what the team's doing on that one, but um, the writing was kind of on the wall for a while with that first goal for UConn. Yeah, it seemed like there was just a little bit of like a defensive miscommunication. I think Makar was trying to cover one of the wingers that was skating in and Ufko kind of drifted along with him. So then when Ufko had to switch back onto the to the puck, he was just, I wouldn't say like flat-footed, but just already already given up too much space, you know, too much separation and just couldn't get back in time. Um, the guy who scored it, and this one really kind of stung for me because I'm pretty sure Nick Capone was the guy that just blatantly just like hit uh, Kenny Connors during a delayed offside. And just absolutely flattened them when there was going to be a whistle. Like, what's going on here? You know what I mean? Like, that was an absolutely dirty play by him. So the fact that he scored afterwards was super frustrating. I'm like, why Why does it have to be this guy ahead of everybody? That just really sucked to see. But, um, yeah, I mean, Pav was absolutely just doing his thing the entire game up until this point. Like you said, a bunch of post stringers. And Pavisic was really the only reason why this game was close. Like, this game could have been 3 nothing, you know, 3-1 up until this point. So... Yeah, there. You know, Pav is a really, really solid goaltender, but he's not a miracle worker. So I mean, it was it was destined to kind of, you know, this this was going to happen at some point, and it really, really sucked that uh it happened in this way because we were we were looking, we were weathering the storm up until this point, but it kind of did seem inevitable. Yeah, and uh, this game was tied one to one going into the second intermission, and uh, the wheels kind of fell off once the third period started. Just uh, two and a half minutes in, we see a UConn player attempt a Michigan behind the goal just because they were dominating the possession that much. Um, weren't even on the power play, just uh, UMass could not clear the puck to save their lives uh, in this game. He attempts the Michigan, Pab beats him to the spot, which was pretty impressive. Uh, they were able to keep the puck in the zone and just one of the, the prettier uh, tic-tac-toe goals you'll ever see. Pab absolutely had no chance and it was Justin Pearson that finally put it home. Yeah, it was Matthew Wood, their like 17-year-old phenom that was doing all the crazy Michigan. So it's all about it's all these young kids nowadays trying to do the crazy TikTok <laughs> move so they can go viral. Obviously kidding, but yeah, absolutely insane play by by Wood. I mean, he's a filthy player and he was the guy that gets the primary assist on this. He kind of just sneaks his way around uh Elliot McDermott, who just kind of got beat here. And it was literally a 2-1-0. Like Morrow kind of lost his man, he lost Pearson. McDermott lost Wood. You know they were just it's a two on zero. There's nothing Pav can do. He tried to cut off the angle as much as he could, but you know when you have that much area to pass to and there's nobody there to even challenge it, the the writing's on the wall that you're going to get scored on there. So I mean, yeah, it was a massive defensive breakdown and just that's the epitome of being left out to dry on Pav's behalf. You know I really kind of feel for him because again he was playing pretty damn solid up until this point to again even even to make it a close game so for that to go in on him just really really hurt yeah it did um and yeah just like I said before kind of the the writing on the wall with that one um UConn UConn uh keeps it there for a little bit um but then about halfway through the period we see them enter the zone uh kind of a two-on-two situation Ufko and Morrow are the demon out there. Ufko covers the shooter and kind of not sure what Morrow is doing, kind of looking in the space yep. on this one. And the, the cross crease is absolutely wide open for Ryan Verberg, who is their leading scorer. I think it was like his 20th goal on the season or something crazy like that. But 
Uh, big time defensive breakdown on that goal. That was his 11th, but it's fine. Halfway there, halfway to 20th. So yeah, where did I hear 20th from? I have no idea. Heard- they have. They have nobody on their team with more than 11 goals. Maybe that was his 22nd point of the season. Must have heard that. Must have been that. I mean, dude, if they had a 20 goal score up until this point, I'd be crapping my pants right now. That'd be freaking ridiculous. I think there's a couple dudes in like the uh, in one of the Michigan teams or something like that. I think he has like 22 goals on the season or something like that. And that's like breaking records right now. I think he has like five or six hat tricks, which is something ridiculous like that. But uh, yeah, pardon, anyway, pardon me for that. I must have misheard the uh, the announcer at. Toscano family ice forum wrong. Hey, but. these things happen. You know, brand new PA system. Maybe we're just yeah. not used to it yet. Who knows? But uh, back to the game. Point being, yeah, I have no idea what the hell Morrow was doing here. I mean, really, really. I mean, I think, he'd, I think he'd tell us that too. That's, it's a yeah. really tough look. Yeah. I mean, he's really just puck watching. He's just kind of gliding. I think he thought Keefuke was going to stick with the guy, but even then it's like, who are you covering? I mean, I remember seeing this, like, kind of where we were sitting was, like, right there. I remember seeing Scott Moore after the play. He was skating towards the bench. He – I, you might have to – you know, I'm not going to I'm not gonna say the word, but he uh, he had an expletive uh, coming out of his <laughs> mouth on that one. He definitely dropped the F word uh, to himself. He was muttering it. I could see it. My, my lip syncing or my lip reading is not amazing, but I was close enough to, to get a pretty clear image of what he was saying there. And, uh, yeah, he was not too pleased with himself. I'd say rightfully so. You know what I mean? That was – that was a tough defensive look in a, again, another case. Uh, Pav kind of being left out to dry again. Like he was making all the saves that he was supposed to. And even some of the ones that he wasn't supposed to, but just he couldn't make all the ones that he wasn't supposed to. So, yeah, I mean, if you can only score 12 seconds into a game and then you really couldn't play, you know, really, really solid defense the rest of the game, it's not a, a winning formula. So, yeah, it just really hurt knowing how how well we played in the game beforehand and now to just get, quite frankly decimated you know in the away game just really really sucked yeah and after this one just with the way they go the game was going there was absolutely no way UMass was gonna claw back and tie it up that's how it ends three to one um UConn in this game clearly the better team they win the shot totals 42 to 17 um they were clearly clearly the better team UMass I would definitely say was the better team on uh Friday but UMass gets one point out of the six total here. So a little unfortunate. Um, it was also pretty unfortunate. We saw, um, not sure exactly what happened, but Eric Faith uh, went down really hard on a hit against the boards, um, had to get assisted off the ice. So um, yet another injury for this UMass team. And we don't know anything about it right now, but we hope it's not too serious for the, for the captain in his senior year. Yeah, definitely. I mean, at this point, we just, we need warm bodies out there. You know what I mean? Like just, mm-hmm. we've had so many injuries for the defense and now on the forward, the forward area as well. I mean, really, really unfortunate. And it's just really, it's not going to help us do any better this season. You know what I mean? Like we kind of need everybody that we can get. It's one of those all hands on deck type of things. And we just, we just don't have that many, that many healthy guys right now. It's just really unfortunate. So praying that uh everything goes well with the three guys that, uh, ended up going down with injury this weekend. Hopefully they can heal quickly and uh, hopefully they're back out there on the ice for future games. That'd be, that'd be a big boost. I think. Yeah, for sure. Definitely hope uh, faith can come back for um, the rest of his senior year and Lebster as well. Um, Tough to see two seniors go down near the end of the season like that for sure. But yeah, that's, that's what happened in these two games. Um, At least in the first game, definitely some, some promising things to take away. I, I would go as far to say, 
probably the best that UMass has played since the Denver series. I don't know if you agree with me. Oh, yeah. No, there's no doubt about it. I mean, yeah, definitely that first game. You know, that first game genuinely was probably one of my favorite games that I've just seen, like, effort-wise. And, like, just how I've seen guys just immediately step up their play when, quite frankly, they weren't playing too hot. Like, that was, like, one of the better bounce-back games I've ever seen out of this program in my time watching it in the past seven years. Like, that was absolutely huge to see. So, regardless of the result, I mean... You can you can play as well as you, you know you're gonna you're gonna win some games that you deserve to lose and you're gonna lose some games that you deserve to win and that was what we saw like I feel like we deserve to win that game and we didn't get it which again super unfortunate but it is what it is I'm just really hoping that we can start playing more like that in in the first game rather than how we played in the second game that's that's all I'm looking forward to yeah for sure I mean hopefully the the injuries aren't tough enough that uh, the team is able to have the the firepower to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, that marks five losses in a row with those two games, which is definitely tough. Um, the road doesn't get any easier. We got a ranked Lowell and ranked Providence on the road the next two weekends. So um, at this point in the season, kind of really just um, we want to see results like we did on Friday, like promising effort, um, some physical play, just um, just a good effort all around. I guess the like you said earlier, the wins and the losses don't really matter when um, the the season is this far gone. So um, I, I'm just looking for some some positives as we go forward. Yeah, and I mean, we'll have our own preview episodes for these next two games, but uh, we play like we did in that second game. This is going to be a, a long couple weeks, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like Lowell and Providence are really, really solid teams in their own right. So yeah, I'm just hoping we don't get a repeat performance with, you know, 40 plus shots against and Pavisic is going to need an oxygen mask by the end of the game. I'm really hoping we don't have to see any of that, but you just, you never know, you know, hockey is just that type of sport. You never know what you're going to get. Yeah, for sure. Anything else you wanted to touch on in these two games before we hop into our awards? No, nah, I think we should just hop right into it. Let's do it. So the first award that we like to give out here on high character is CCC Carvel's character and compete award. Um, and this time uh, it, it's been a while. We, we were hoping to get some more to him. Uh, he's got a lot of them last year um, in, in the short time that we were doing the podcast, but um, I think it's well-deserved for this time to give it to Scott Morrow. Um, he played his ass off, especially in that first game. Um, it was just a different level of hockey that we, uh, quite frankly, haven't seen from him this year since that Union series. Yeah, I mean, it, and it wasn't even just offensively. Like, defensively in that first game, he looked ridiculous. Like, genuinely, I don't think he got burned at any point in that first game. Like, he was swinging his stick around like a freaking Beyblade. Like, I don't know if people know what <laughs> Beyblades are, but, like, yeah, he's just – absolutely just throwing a stick around he was connecting with the puck every time like there was no clean zone entries on him for the most part he just just very very solid on the stick like intercepting pass in the neutral zone like it always seemed like he was just one step ahead of all the UConn guys and you know he got rewarded on it with a couple of goals maybe one maybe two up for debate who knows but um yeah I mean he just looked really 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 good especially in both zones in that first game Left a bit to be desired in the second game, to be fair, you know, but I feel like the team as a whole just wasn't really looking that hot in that second game. So I don't want to fault them too much. I mean, the that that third goal, he was puck watching a little bit. That was, that was a tough look for him. But yeah, I just feel like the way that he almost single-handedly took over that first game, you know what I mean? Like, was just insane. Like, he looked like his old self again. And like, it, it just, we haven't really seen that out of him this season. So if we can see that coming out of him going forward, man, he's going to be dangerous. But, you know, I'm just 
hoping it's not too little too late at this point, just because of how, how the season's gone so far. Yeah. It goes to show how, uh, how well he actually played in that first game when he wins this uh, series award, when, uh, like you said, that, that moment in the second game happened. So um, good job, Scott Moore. We definitely are hoping to see some more of that as we go this season. That was really promising uh, effort from him this weekend. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's, there's definitely a case where like, I feel like sometimes people could think that I'm being too harsh on him. And like, don't get me wrong, man. Like, I want to praise the hell out of him because I really like his game, especially when he when he's on his game and he's you know playing the way he should be playing. So like, seeing him doing this was just unbelievable, and I'm really hoping we can give out some more of these awards to him because he's such a fun player to watch when he's on his game. It's yeah, it's really was, really cool. It was really fun to watch him on Friday for sure. All right, so the the second award that we like to give out is good try UMass. Um, somebody who. Um, we kind of hope to see a little bit more from uh, in the upcoming games. And this time kind of, kind of have to look into that second game um, more just because of uh, how poorly it did go. A lot of positives from the first game. But one guy that really stood out to us, Ryan Ufko, um, you wouldn't expect it, but he was a minus five on the weekend. So um, definitely you mentioned him playing on the offhanded side in the second game that might've contributed to it. Um Couple, a couple of tough moments from Mikey Adamson too, his his D partner in that second game that kind of might have contributed to, but um, by far the the worst plus minus on the weekend. And um, I guess just from the eye test, we didn't think he looked very sharp this weekend. Yeah, I mean, just like some of his passes, like offensively, he looked a little bit bland. I don't know, just wasn't really doing a whole lot. But I mean, honestly, his plus minus was worse in the first game rather than the second game. It was a mm-hmm. minus three in the first game, like. That's it's just a really tough look. I mean, obviously, I get that, you know, the plus minus doesn't tell the whole story. But I mean, one of the big stories of the first game, he was on the ice for one of the goals uh, for UMass. He had an assist on on one of the goals, which means he's a plus one right there. He ends the game with a minus three. That means he was on the ice for all four goals against Mm. against UConn. Like that's that's not a good look. One of them was with only three, three guys on the ice. Exactly. So, I mean, just. I don't know. Like it's just such a glaring stat. Like I don't want to look into the box score and just start cherry picking plus minus stats, but I mean, it was pretty damn egregious this weekend, you know, a minus five against two games. It's just not a good look overall. And I mean, I feel like it's a little bit, you know, worse off because we know how good of a player he can be. The dude just came back from world juniors. You know what I mean? He clearly has the pedigree. He's a very, very solid player, but it just, it wasn't one of his best weekends, you know, and that's going to happen. And, you know, I feel like he's going to improve going forward, but just not an amazing look just for this weekend as a whole. Yeah, just he's been a, incredible this season so far. We think just a, a blip on the radar for this last weekend. Yeah. All right, so now it's time for our custom awards. We'll each give one out, um, and I guess, I guess I'll go first. Mine will be pretty quick because we already talked about it a little bit. Uh, my award is called Don't Blink, and I'm giving it to – Ryan Lautenbach, because I feel like we have to talk a little more about uh, the fastest UMass goal in hockey's history. I feel like that's pretty sick. Um, and to, to start a game like that, um, I can't remember a hockey game that I was at that had a quicker first goal. So um, pretty cool stuff. I wish it wish it amounted to more in the long run uh, of this game, but definitely really cool to see. And great to do it on the road as well. Yeah, absolutely huge. I mean, he playing very very solid you know that because I mean it wasn't even just the goal you know what I mean I feel like as a whole he played very very decently I'm always a huge fan of his energy that's just the type of guy that he is when he goes out there I thought that was just really really good and he hasn't really been on the score sheet a whole lot recently you know like I feel like he started off the season pretty solidly 
toward the middle of the season kind of just slumped a whole lot, just wasn't really, you know, at least offensively, he was still doing his thing, you know, effort wise on the back check, you know, he's always skating around doing his thing, but uh, yeah, no, he, he definitely deserved to get the award on this one because I mean, that's just, you, you literally made history. You know what I mean? Like you, you can't, you can't really doubt that. So that was really huge. Very cool to see. Absolutely. What is your custom award? I'm going to give this one to Lucas Mercury. Um, I'm calling it the, you know, like the, what was it? He's getting hot in the face off dot, which, uh, you know, obviously Mercury thermometer, huh? He's getting hot, uh, you know, <laughs> very funny, corny, whatever you want to call it. Stupid joke, but it doesn't discount, you know, what he was doing this weekend. Knocks himself a goal in the first game. Very big contribution in its own right. But in the faceoff dot, he was absolutely killing it. Um, 10 out of 14 in game one, 15 out of 25 in game two. Trying to do the quick math here. It looks like he might have been one of the only guys that was above 500 in the faceoff dot this week, um, which is pretty damn cool to see. Um, just trying to double check in my math here. That seems right. Um, yeah, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give, I'm gonna give myself the the math on that one. I think I got that one right. So that's huge. You know, he was doing his thing in the faceoff dot, which is something that I feel like is, you know, we've kind of been saying it across a lot of the episodes. Really important to our team identity. You know, it kind of helps us play the game that we want to play. Um, and I feel like he wasn't really that hot recently in the faceoff dot. So the fact that he was able to kind of, you know, bump it back up, especially in you know, kind of, you know, like that second game, I feel like winning faceoffs is such a huge thing because you kind of want to sway the momentum away from the other team because UConn was just absolutely dominant whenever they had the puck. And I mean, obviously, when you win faceoffs, that means that the other team doesn't have the puck. So you can kind of relax a little bit, you know, it takes some of the pressure off Pav, you know, and he was kind of the only one that was really doing that. Like Kenny Connors was nine of 23, Ryan Sullivan, five of 13. Josh Nodler from the right wing position got two out of three, which is kind of crazy to think about. He must have got slid over because of the faith injury. But um, yeah, I mean, just overall, you know, Mercury was really, really looking good in the face off dot. So I just wanted to highlight that with this award. Yeah, and I thought he looked pretty good uh, in other aspects of the game. Definitely oh, yeah. on the net play too. Um, Huge. Definitely made a good presence and paid off, obviously. Scored that goal in the first game. So good job, Lucas Mercury, for sure. 100%. All right. That is everything I think we wanted to talk about for this one. Um, obviously some, some promising things to take away. I think that's what we want the, the focus of this to be. I think if, uh, if UMass brings that effort that they did in the first game to Lowell or to Providence, I think they definitely give themselves a good shot over the next two weeks. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's, I don't like, I don't want to like just completely dismiss like the games going forward, but it's like, it, it's kind of at the point now where we're just hoping that just, you know, minor improvements wherever we can. And I mean, that was how I felt after the first game, which was the really encouraging part. I was like, damn, we want to talk about improvements. Like that was the improvement right there. Like we play like that going forward. I'm pegging us to win the next 10 games that we play. You know what I mean? Like that's simple as that, but yeah, I mean, again, I think it's just an inconsistency type of thing. It just really sucks with a young team that we got right now because, you know, it, it would be amazing if we could play every game like we did in that first game, but at this point, it just doesn't seem like it's a realistic expectation, um, which is super unfortunate because I feel like if we want to beat some of the teams that we got to play in these next couple of weeks, we really do have to play like that. And I'm just hoping that the coaching staff can kind of drill that into their heads and say, hey, if you guys want to win some hockey games, this is how we're going to have to play. And I just want them to literally take that first game and just play it on repeat just all week. Just this is what you need to do. Mm -hmm. Play like this. Do this the whole time. Like 
throw out whatever old mentality you had before and just do what you did in this game. You know, literally, if they could, if they could take like like the Nesson, like the scoreboard out of it, just like block off like the like the goals like for each team and just say, don't even look at that. Just look at how you're playing right now because the score is meaningless at that point because we were yeah. kind of losing, which is the bad part. But yeah, I mean, it's just all about the effort going forward. And yeah, I have no idea how the next games are going to shake out. We're going to have preview episodes for those, but yeah, I'm just really, really hoping we can we can build going forward. Yeah, for sure. Um, and just a quick quick look at the hockey East standings as of right now. Um, if the season were to end today, UMass would finish in ninth place um, and be just on the cusp. Um, they'd get a road game at Maine for the hockey East playoffs. So definitely want to try to avoid that. They're actually tied with Maine in points right now for eighth place, but uh, UMass has two more games played. So the advantage goes to Maine there. Um, and they have some work to do. Um, the seventh place team is BC with 20 points, Maine and UMass both have 12. So, um, it's going to be a tough road. Um, just considering Vermont and New Hampshire and the seasons they're having, it does look like UMass is going to play Maine in that first round. Um, obviously too early to finalize that call, but, um, just with the way things are looking as of now, unless anything drastic changes, that's seems like what it's going to be. So, um, definitely want to play hard and try to avoid that road game in the first round now cam hear me out right if if i'm not mistaken i just closed the uh i, I just closed the schedule because i thought we were done with this episode but i'm opening it back up right now if i'm wrong correct me if i'm wrong we play maine in the last two games of the season we do i just pulled it up mm-hmm. if we were to play them at <laughs> like in an away series for the playoffs if we're gonna already go up to those two games in maine we could just stay there for a week. <laughs> easy, <laughs> easy vacation. That could be the one silver lining right there. You just uh-huh. hang out in Maine for a week because, you know, damn well, we don't want to have to make that drive up and back again. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just saying, it might not be the worst thing in the world. Clearly for the program, yeah, it kind of sucked. That'd be unfortunate. But thinking a little bit selfishly here, might not be the worst outcome. I feel like a week in Maine, early March, not I could think of worse ways to spend a week I mean I got my laptop with me I could work from home I feel like there's there's ways of doing this I mean it's not the worst look it's a valiant effort out of you I think I wanna that first week of March I think I want to hunt for that uh for that elusive March like warm day on the south shore instead of being up in Maine where you're probably going to get some snow some freezing (sighs) temperatures I don't know that's it. That's a tough draw. If UMass has to go right back up. Oh, I, I believe me. I know. I'm just, I'm trying to look for the, the best out of the scenario. You know what I mean? Like there's definitely best case. If it comes down to that UMass sweeps Maine in their own building and gets that home game for the hockey East playoffs. But. I mean, yeah, but I mean, that would be the best case, but you never know. I'm just saying that I'm trying to cope in advance. All right. Like this, <laughs> this is like maximum cope, but yeah, we, we might not even be in that position going forward. Who knows? I mean, pretty sure Maine just took BU to like a, a six to nine game. Nice, which I nice. thought was insane. Like, yeah, they ended up, I think they lost to BU nine to six, which is just absolutely insane. Mm-hmm. So clearly they can get some goals, but they can't keep them out. So that could bode well for us. Um, might be yeah, able to get it, some goals against them. And UMass still has two games left against BC, who's the the seventh place team. So if you can make up some ground there, um, that'd be good. But um it's not looking like it's going to be anything more than a seventh place finish this year with everything that's happened so that's a little tough yeah I don't, I don't like hearing that that, yeah. that hurts my heart 
we'll uh we'll update you guys as we get closer and closer to the the playoffs and as the the um bracket shapes out but um yeah i think that's everything we had for this one thank you guys for listening if you want to hear more about toscano family ice forum uh that's a tongue tongue twister uh definitely check out our arena review that will be out um likely wednesday or thursday not sure yet and we'll have a vlog soon after that for um to get the visual of it so um that will be cool if you want to check that out pretty nice place um and yeah that's everything we had for these two games thank you guys for listening go umass go umass take care everybody can we just get a win going forward please that's all i want